0: rejoice about already tonight, isn't it? Thank God my chains are gone. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Won't you turn to your neighbors? Good to be in the house of the Lord with you and you never want to take for granted of that. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated just a moment if you would like. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, over the next few weeks is my favorite time of the year, for many reasons, but uh, uh, the Fraser dinner happened today, and there was a lot of reasons there. I seem to have a lot of energy tonight, and there was a lot of sweets that was there, and so we want to thank everybody that puts that together and continues to do that through the years, and I'm just glad I'm a part of that family, and so Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Just a wonderful, wonderful time. Amen. I thought last night was an awesome sermon. I just, uh, whenever you're talking about sacrifice, you know somewhere at the end of the day uh, you're you're going to be a part of it. And and so we just thank God for his amazing sacrifice for us. And we thank God for that this evening. We have a A card here I want to share with you. There are certain people we thank in our prayers for things that we appreciate so. But try as we may, we sometimes can't say the words that we want them to know. There are people often who often go out of their way to pitch in when there's work to be done. They show understanding and lighten our problems. They help us in more ways than one. There are certain people that we thank you for in our prayers and one of these people is you and this comes to say may God bless you forever for all that you so thoughtfully do. I think some of those cards are so wonderful the way that they put it. Amen. Brother Ron, Brother Andrew, Brother Matthew and brothers and sisters in the church, thank you for the message and the singing and, and all of the sisters that helped prepare the meal With Sister Connie, that was for the funeral the other day. Amen. And uh, it was greatly appreciated. We so greatly appreciate for the love that you showed during the death of my husband, Brother Ralph, and and, and Daddy. We appreciate the visits, the flowers, the money, every act of kindness that was shown for our loss. In loving Christ, Sister Sarah, Sister Teresa, and Brother Frankie Gooden. Amen. Amen. Having friends in a real tough times is a really it's good to have friends. It's just really good to have friends. I want to thank uh brother Frankie and Sister Teresa and Fonda again for all of your taking care of Brother Ralph in this time and Sister Sarah as well. And uh, uh, for those that don't know Brother Frankie and Sister Fonda, we, we're glad to have them in the house of the Lord. They've been kind of a part of our church for the last few months since the CDs have been made available for them to watch, and so they've been watching the services from there. And so they are now not just watching; now they're here with us. And so, so we thank you, thank you for being here, and consider this home. And we're just thankful to have you with us in the house of the Lord. Amen. Isn't God good? Oh, yeah. Isn't He just so wonderful? And We'd like to just say thank you to all the team that's upstairs. It's makes it possible to, to be able to send this uh, all over the world, and we get letters from many different places, and and uh, and so we, anywhere from New Zealand to to uh, all the way into South America and all these different places. And so we just are thankful that that we can reach out to them and and. Uh, and uh, you'd have never thought all of this possible long ago, but here we are. We're a great big family around the world, and so, Amen. Any good to us, Amen? Does not replace being in the house of the Lord, but hey, I think Sister Meadows is actually watching, and so she'll be screaming at me through the screen. Maybe I can hear her, and uh, so we just we're thankful for that, Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight, Amen. We're certainly looking forward to having Brother Kelly and Sister Myra with us and Brother George Smith is to be with us and also uh, also, uh, Kent and Lorraine is going to be with us and that's Brother Kelly's brother and his sister-in-law and then also Brother George Smith and then Brother Jewel Forney and Sister Vanessa is going to be with us on Saturday night. He's going to be leaving on Saturday night after or a Sunday morning and not be with us in Sunday service. But we're we're looking forward to seeing Brother Jewel again and thankful that he's uh, able to get back to be able to speak sometimes. And so we just thank the Lord for that and pray for a complete recovery for him as well. And uh, looking forward to having Brother Kelly. Brother Kelly's quite a wonderful speaker. He's been here for, I don't know how many years now. What would would your guess be, 12, 12, 15 years maybe and uh, uh you know I you know there's some guys that you just like their atmosphere. And it's kinda of guy, uh, brother Williams the kind of guy that you you just feel like you'd just be right at home having having coffee and donuts with. And so I've been doing that for a lot of years with him and so I I, I know you have found it. And when you see him preach, you you can't hardly see that he was once a trapper on a trap line and using snowmobiles and sleeping out there in the sub-zero weather through the winter. And, and, uh, but we just love him and Sister Myra, and they, they've been just really, really wonderful friends. I, 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 can, I can take you back, and it was in 2003, that Brother Harold Hildebrandt, we were going to church, and he said, I, I have a cousin and his name's Kelly, and he's come to the meeting, and he really needs a friend. And I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, he'll probably be the only one that quite looks like he has. He said, he's got dark rimmed glasses, and he's tall, and he's dark headed. And he said, he needs a friend. And I said, well, I'll make him a good friend. Right. Yep. He didn't know me at that time, but I, 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 I met him after service, and we spoke, and and then it began to build from that. You know, friendships is, uh, you know, there's a there's a two way thing. You have to be to be a friend, or to have a friend, you gotta be a friend. Amen. Amen. You say, well, brother Ron, I would like to I'd like to have more friends in my life. Well, you you gotta put some work into it. And so, so we're just so thankful that we can have friends like you, and uh, have a a church like this that he wants to come so many years in a row, and we don't take it for granted. Something else I don't take for granted, and this is where I was going with all of that. I'd like for you to pray that we have somewhat decent weather next week, and so he'll be flying in on Friday night, and and as, as you're hearing the stories that there's, there's weather that isn't going to be in the United States and going to mess up travel, I just pray that God watches over those planes and gets those planes here, and so I just pray that that goes well, and and then for our meeting next week harder. I, I don't know if I'm ready for the snow yet. Sister Connie hasn't put out any let it snow signs yet. So so maybe she's waiting on it for a little while. And so, amen. God bless you. And I pray that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And so that's what, that's what I want to wish you this evening. Amen. If you will turn with me in your scriptures to Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. I'd like to speak to you tonight on return to give thanks. Return to give thanks. 17 and verse 11 of Luke. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and he entered into a certain village and there met him Ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Probably their only chance in life, and opportunities come. Will you take advantage of it? And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go. Show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now notice this. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. And fell down on his face, on his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, we're not, we're not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, arise and go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole us pray this evening. Maybe you have a need and I know there's a lot of sickness that has went through and let's just pray that God would just touch our lives this afternoon. Amen. Almighty God, you see our hands all over this building and many great needs has already been read across this audience. Tonight I ask you that you would send your word and heal. Lord, I believe that you can come to a pew. I remember sitting in a pew many years ago when you came and healed my lungs while I sit and listen to the word of God. You're the same God tonight. I ask you tonight that you would anoint the words that we have studied this week and prepared. I ask you that you would anoint this audience. We thank you for what you did here last night. And Lord, what you've done today and tomorrow. Lord, minister to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen Amen. and amen and amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I found this statement pretty interesting this week. A man named Winston Churchill stood and he was giving a speech and he says, you have enemies? Good. That means that you've stood up for something. Sometime in your life. It's quite a statement, isn't it? Thanksgiving is an American holiday, Canadian as well. They have theirs a little bit earlier than we do. It's an American holiday for us is here, and we sure do enjoy it. It's a time to stop and give thanks for what he's done for us. Over the year that we have had in our audience, we've had some pretty incredible things that have taken place. Births of babies that have happened. We've had some to go on to be with the Lord, and and in, and in that, sometimes we go, well, that was a great loss to us. But we must remember, that's not goodbye. It is only a temporary separation because God provided them a new body that they could step into. Men like Brother Ralph and Brother Ted Hensley went to be with the Lord this year, and, and they stepped from this realm to that realm. And, and God, rich in his mercy, would come and begin to heal our hearts and touch us as an audience. We've got new faces that are among us. Brother John's sons that have came to be with us. And God's blessed them to be here. And we, we welcome them as a, as a part of our body. Amen. We're a functioning body and all of us have different things and different gifts in our lives, and, and if you're new here, we'd like to say welcome and thank you for being here. And as we come into this Thanksgiving season, we, we just thank God for what He's done. There's new homes that have been built, new cars that are being driven. We've went through some, some heartaches, and we've, we've had some tests in our lives. We've seen new jobs take place. We've got teachers that have taken spots and a lawyer that's taken spots and jobs has been given, families have been touched and, and, and we, must, we must stop and thank God for everything. You know, sometimes we, we allow things to happen and things go on in our lives and if we're not careful, God will do incredible things. And in His incredible things that He does, if we're not careful, we'll take it for granted, or feel like we're entitled to it. Are you with me? But without God, we wouldn't have the oxygen to breathe. Without God, the even the abilities in our life that He has given us in a natural realm, we wouldn't have the strength to do for us. <clears throat> we've we've welcomed. Brother Greg's family here to be a part of us and they have moved and moved into the school system and jobs has taken place. As I was preparing and looking over this the last couple of weeks, I I thought about an event that kind of, from which I give great thanks for. I think it was on May the 11th, if I've got my date right, maybe don't have it right, but I, I put it on the calendar on May the 11th I, I got up with a very uneasy feeling. And I just felt like tragedy was just right in front of me. And, and it just felt like you ever wake up with a moment, maybe it's never happened to you, but you just, you just know that trouble's headed your way and you don't know what to do about it or what to think about it. And I, it was Saturday and I was preparing to speak. And, and as, I was, as I was preparing to speak, I, I just wrote it down before service that tragedy was right in front of us. And I, I wrote it down and I'm just praying that God will divert that tragedy. And whenever I have a vision or have a dream of significance or something like that, I'll give Sister Connie, I'll write it down, I'll give Sister Connie that it would be a a, a twofold witness that it will take place. And so I, I give Sister Connie that note and I actually gave it to her before service and I, as it would be that she would take that note and if you'll remember she had some candies for the children I believe after service and, and I, I was finishing the service and just something came to me as I was finishing the service. I stepped out and I said I want to have prayer over that note. And I told Sister Connie to bring it and she actually had to go get her pocketbook somewhere or another. She brought it down and you know we It would seem like, sometimes you feel like at the end of the service, well, what are you holding for a few extra moments? Well, sometimes those extra moments take, they're real precious, just sit real still for just a few moments, it'll be all right. And so, so anyway, we brought the note down and I prayed for that note. I didn't tell you what was on that note, but I prayed over that note and Because, you know, I I can't have you anxious as well as me. But I placed it into the hands of a God that, that, that had tomorrow on his mind. Now, you know, we're thankful for what he has done. Here's where I'm going with this tonight. We're thankful for what he has done. But little do we sometimes appreciate that he's paving the way for tomorrow. He's already got your tomorrow mapped out. And he's making a way for you. And so, just within a matter of a day, Brother Jason was working in a about a 20-foot ditch in a 20-foot deep hole in a concrete bunker. And, and he's there... And he's at the bottom and he's doing, I don't understand the work and I'm just going to do the best that I can. And he's, and he's concreting a, a pipe together if I'm right. And just something moves on him to get out and get new concrete. And he said literally within seconds of being out of the hole, down the, down the, the pipe stream, a, a man busted a, a huge line and that huge hole that he was working in 20 foot deep was now gushing with water. That's something that caused him to get out of that hole. That's something. That's something that you can't explain. That warm presence that comes in your room and you just know I'm not alone no more. You just know that something's got a hold to my life and and I'm not the only one here. You can't explain it. You can't define it. You just know that God's watching over the seed. So in turn, we didn't have a funeral here. But we can have a family thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I'm really grateful for that. You don't know how many times I've looked at that note. Maybe I need to send you a copy of that. You can have that and hold it away somewhere. I'm a little bit sentimental along those lines. Those things mean a lot to me. Brother William and Sister Gabrielle moved here, I believe two years ago, or a year and a half ago. She's with child. They're building a beautiful home. For those of you that drive 340 and you see this this house going up, uh, I don't know particularly what they lived in in Alabama. Was it Alabama? I don't know what you lived in in Alabama, but I believe that's a step up. That's a really nice piece of property. And, and we know that's just God's blessing is on your life. And for that we give, thanks. give God thanks. Sister Gabrielle's father came to the Lord just, just weeks before the meeting. And, and I witnessed Sister Gabrielle hugging her father, something that been a long time coming. And then I was sent a picture this last week of her brother sitting in the seat with her father. And that's been a long time coming. Won't you just stop for just a moment and say thank you God for your blessings on me. Hallelujah. Could you just now just stop for a second and say Father I want to thank you. This will be a different service, but I want to thank you. I'd like to be the one that the other nine, they got healed and they just went their own way and took it for granted. But I'd like to be the one to return, to bow at your feet and say thank you. nation was founded. And somewhere around 1620, I've looked at a couple of different things, could be 1620, 21. But a man named William Bradford is the man that gets credit for celebrating the first Thanksgiving at Plymouth Rock. They had came to America, or this new land, bringing 102 people to to come and settle a village and make it like Europe and have streets and houses like there was in Europe. There was others that had already came. After one year, 47 of their brothers and sisters had died. Indian wars, sicknesses and plagues and situations, accidents had happened. And now 47 of their own brethren have died. But God prepared something well before that they would even be in this situation. Only a few years before there, there was a man, an Indian boy named Squanto, that was taken capture as a boy because they had preparations that they needed an interpreter. And so they had taught him English, and then they took him to Europe, and he became a master at speaking English. And in his mastery of speaking English, he, they sent him back to America to be able to solve some situations, and he went back to his homeland to where he was at and to his own village, and, and they heard that there was a, a new village that was not doing well, and, and they'd had some wars. And he went to this village meeting a man named William Bradford, and he began to speak with him, and being eloquent in English as an, as an Indian boy. He brought peace He brought a a peace treaty between the white man and the Indians that lasted 50 years. I'd like for Squanto to go to Washington today. I'd really like for that to go to Washington today and and he could settle some things. I think people need some of that in their own families. But Squanto had become a Christian and even being a Christian, he became a peacemaker. And he went to this residue of people that had died and people that had been buried, they're dead, and now 102 had came, 47 had perished. And he began to teach them about how to raise corn and how to plant and how to use fish for fertilizer. And he began to teach them. And, and then the year would pass, and the next year they got a bountiful crop. And William Bradford said, we need to stop and thank God for what he's done for us. Now you see, God provided them, before they ever landed in America, he provided them a boy that would become a Christian. Now this boy would would suffer hardship. He would die the year later in, in, in 1622 as a boy an injury that would take place. Fever would happen in him and, and he would perish. But in his young life, whether you ever, ever heard his name or not, how I many ever heard the name Squanto? Teachers and children all over the building raising their hands making me look like a nut. But we would have no flag if it wasn't for a guy like this but a God prepared him because he was watching over his seat. And you say, well, what does this have to do with the message of an hour sermon? Let me just say, this nation was going to have a prophet in it. He was going to send the seventh angel to this nation, and we would need to be birthed and to be born and to raise up and to thank God Thank God and remember it's God that has established us. That's when a nation fails when she forgets who God is. And they gathered their their they gathered their fruit and they and that first that first year William Bradford gave each one there five seeds of corn as a remembrance of where they had came from. I think sometimes that's something we ought to do is our own thoughts. Remember where we came from. (laughs) I'm not out of line here. Psalms 100, we spoke last week. And the scripture said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing and Know ye that the Lord He is God, and for it is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. I think that's something we always ought to remember, not we ourselves. We are his people and sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is every service. And into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth through all generations. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 says Put on, therefore, uh, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies and kindness and humbleness of mind, meekness and long suffering. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Forgiveness will heal you. If any man have a quarrel against even, any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. As a Christian, you must understand, problems are going to come, but then it's your opportunity to practice forgiveness. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. First of all, come to peace with yourself. To the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by him. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man but but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Notice these next words. In everything. I just can't I, I just can't get I just can't find joy. I just can't find happiness. Here is a key. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse one. This is, a, I want you to just look at this one right here. This is a powerful Scripture. This goes to last night's service. and After last night, this one found its way in the text for tonight. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Are you with me? So many people are, are planning tomorrow, next week, next year, and not taking the time today to enjoy the moment that you're in. Are you with me? I'd say this to young married couples, older married couples, enjoy one another. Don't live a selfish life. Enjoy one another. Go ahead, tell her you love her right there where you're at. There's some people sitting in the building would like to tell their mate that. I think we're 10 to zero, 10 widows, no widowers. So that shows you men, stay on your toes. We're not going to outlive them. I spoke with Mike at Sea Rose last night. He was asking about how Sister Nancy's doing. And I said, Oh, she's doing good. I said, Her mother's 90, 97, 98 years old. I said, she's still, she's still doing well. I said, Has good days and bad days. I said, My wife's doing great. I might be dead in two years. She's going to live forever. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Oh, but I'm gonna do this tomorrow, really? Sometimes tomorrow don't come, but what about today? What about the moments that you're in, the time with your family that you've got an opportunity to be with? Thank God for that moment. A few months ago, I preached to you. Brother Branham said, he said, if I had the opportunity, if I had a room completely full of gold, I would exchange that for an hour with my daddy. His daddy's done went on, but I would exchange all of that with an hour with my daddy. I understand that. I understand that. I get to missing my mother, and I get to missing Brother Homer, and there's days that I just get to missing them. I'm sorry, there's just days that I'd like to have a conversation with them. You get to missing your loved ones. Well, that recipe is I can't have that, but I can have this moment. So we must enjoy one another. That's more than just marriages, but that's as a group of people sitting here. Are you with me? Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going, to, I'm going to build my business or I'm going to build my home or I'm going to do all of this. You've got all of this plans and maybe it don't happen. Boast that not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest, not a day may bring forth. Now here's a powerful statement. Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth. Boy, that could be read to Laodicea. If that could be read to Laodicea, this self seeking age that everything's about themselves let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth a stranger and not thine own lips a stone is heavy and a sand weighty but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both I'd like to say I'm thankful for Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know about you, but he changed my life. Amen. I was asked this afternoon, how to, what, what do we define an experience by? And my reply was, how do we define an experience? How do we tell somebody else our experience? How do we illustrate it to somebody else? How do we can it? How do we preserve it? How do we bring somebody else into our experience? All I know is when it happened to me, in a few moments, I went from one person to another. All, All I know is in this moment, I was this way. And when he came, when I came on the other side of that moment, I was this way. I know this when I took Andrew to British Columbia. Andrew was a certain way in his life. But when we brought him home, he was a complete different boy. Are you with me? In the same weekend, Brother Joel Ray was a certain way when he came to that meeting, but when he went home, he was a complete different boy. Same Jesus. And all I know is, before, before Jesus came into my life, I was a wreck. I was like a lot of you, I was a wreck. And I thank God that he came and changed my life. My father listens to tapes every, every, every morning, every afternoon, and every night. It's his thing to do. He gets up in the morning at six o'clock and turns on the tape recorder. I don't stay there. One reason being, at six o'clock in the morning, Brother Branham's sounding on a bullhorn. I, I'm just not ready for it quite yet. And it's lovely. He's got used to doing it. And he's alone, so he turns on Brother Branham and, and he catches some of it. Because most times when I call him, I'm waking him up. And I'll ask him, I said, what, do you get at, what did you get out of the tape? Because if not careful, you'll, you'll listen to a sermon or listen to a, a, a tape and, and we'll go. Well, I've heard that one before, I've heard the rapture. I've heard it 50 times or 100 times or 120. But what did you get today? And so when he tells me what I just listened to, kind of like what parents do, how was your day? What did you? What was you taught? What did you eat for lunch? And I simply trying to keep Dad's mind young and stirred. I asked him. I said, Well, what did you hear? Well, I heard. I heard things that are to be. What did God speak to you today that you caught? And he'll begin to tell me a couple of different sentences that became alive to him. I think if we ever get to the spot to where we walk in this church and we sat down and we hear the songs and we we listen to the ministry and we don't get anything, it means that we wasn't ready. And it's not the singer's and it's not the preacher's fault and it's definitely not God's fault, but I wanna be ready. I read this to you some time ago and I, I wanna read it again because it just meant so much to me this week. When I begin to think about what a change that he made in my life. What a change this message has made in my life. I heard this when I was in Germany, from a brother from South Africa, and I wrote it to him and got this from him. And he said, "He came from the bosom of the Father, to the bosom of a woman. He put on humanity that we might put on divinity. Amen. He became a son of man that we might become sons of God. Yeah. He came from heaven, where rivers never freeze winds never blow, frost never chills the air, flowers never fade, and no one is ever sick. There's no undertakers and there's no graveyards, and no one ever dies, and no one is ever buried. He is born contrary to the laws of nature. He lived in poverty, he was reared in obscurity. He crossed the boundary of land once in childhood and he had no wealth nor influence, neither training nor formal education. His relatives were inconspicuous and influential. In infancy, he startled the king. In boyhood, he puzzled wise men. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He walked up on billows and hutched the sea to sleep. He healed multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his services. He never wrote a book, yet all the libraries of the country could not hold the books that were been written about him. He never wrote a song, yet he furnished the theme of more songs than all the songwriters combined. He never founded a college, yet all schools together cannot boast of as many students as he has. He never practiced psychology, psychiatry, and yet he healed more broken hearts than doctors have healed broken bodies. He never marshaled an army, drafted a soldier, fired a gun, yet no leader has had more volunteers who have under his orders made rebel stack arms of surrender without a shot being fired. He is the star of astronomy, the rock of geology, the lion and the the lamb of zoology. He is the harmonizer of all discords and the healer of all diseases. Great men have come and gone, yet the lives on Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. Death could not destroy him. The grave could not hold him. He laid aside purple robes of royalty for a peasant's gown. He was rich, yet for our sake became poor. Ask the wise men. He slept in another man's manger. He cruised the lake in, in, in another man's boat. He rode on another man's donkey. He was buried in another man's tomb. All men have failed. But he never failed. He is known as the perfect one. He is the chief among 10,000. He is the wonderful and the merciful. And he is my savior. He is in comparable I call him God Philippians 2 and verse 7 said but he made of himself a no reputation and he took upon him the form of a servant he was made a likeness of man and being found in a fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and give him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. I would like to say he's incomparable in his love. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2, and walk in love as Christ hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savior. No one ever had grace like he did. No one. Forgive me. Nobody had grace like he had. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. That yet through his poverty became rich. Sacrifice, as Andrew preached last night. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Brother Ron, that's old news, really, because you can't pay for your own sins. His power, I'd like to say to you tonight, is incomparable. Jesus would say it All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I'd like to say this to you even when He held His peace, His quietness was powerful. When kings asked him to show him a miracle, he refused to clown for him. When he was standing there, he knew who he was. He knew what he was sent to do. And yet he would say, my kingdom is not of this world. He could have called 10,000 angels. But because of you, because of me, he held himself. yet we live in a nation that says I don't need God. We live in a nation where the Ten Commandments is no longer welcome in our judicial system or in our schools. And we rant and rave about that, but what about your home? Are you with me? We can be political and say we need prayer back in schools and prayer back in churches, prayer back in this. What about your home? What about your life? What about your dedication? Be therefore thankful. First Timothy verse 6 and verse 13. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. And for Christ Jesus who standeth for far Pontius Pilate Witness the good confession that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, under the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and the only patent potentate, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. Hallelujah. I shared this with some friends this week and I'll share it with you. Thinking about Thanksgiving. There's a person that I have have admired in in my Christian experience through the decades that I've served the Lord. And that was a person named Corey Timboon. She was an individual that was her, they were actually became the Underground Railroad of, of Europe to be able to try to rescue as many Jews as they could rescue. And they did by the tens of thousands and to get them to safety. And then they were arrested and taken to the, to the, to the, the, the concentration camps. And in those horrible concentration camps, she would lose her father. And then she would have to stand and watch her sister be destroyed. She would give testimony, she would be a pulper here in America. She would be used by Billy Graham and other great evangelists as a testimony of the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the power of forgiveness. And she said that one thing that caused her to be able to survive the concentration camps was daily forgiveness. In her 80s, she had never owned a home. But she was given a new home, a very nice home. In California, they gave her a home. And and a young preacher was there to visit with her. and, And he began to talk to this elderly lady, and he began to talk to her about how good God's been to you lately. How good God's been to you now that he's given you a home. And she stopped him short seeing his ignorance and his short-sightedness and she said sonny boy god was good to me in the concentration camps he's always been good to me Point, I want to say this to you I'm walking on legs that doctors told me I would never walk anymore I was hit by lightning things could have turned out different two different strokes one would land me in the hospital for eight days and couldn't see the turn to the light but on the eighth day I led a nurse to the Lord Jesus Christ and after leading that nurse to the Lord Jesus Christ God healed my body and it was as though it never happened in the first place. Are you with me? Brother Kelly was visiting with us three years ago. I had a heart attack the day Brother Kelly was to arrive. It took me to the hospital. I was working. I was working at the local recycle center with my boys, and we were working, and all of a sudden it struck me. I've never really been scared of anything in my life, but I really want to say goodbye. Goodbye when it comes. And all I knew that the pain in my chest that was happening, I was not in control of. And there was seemed to be a something that was coming over top of me was a young Mexican boy named Carlos that is kin to our sister back here. And he quickly began to work on me and get me in his car and Matthew and them carried me to the car and and for the first time in my life, I felt a, I felt a fear that went with it. Right. But I kept reminding myself that everything's going to be all right. Oh, yeah. Brother Kelly would come that night somewhere around 11 o'clock. One of the boys went and picked them up and, from the airport and picked them up. And, and I, went to the, I went to the, I did a stress test the next morning and, and, and failed the stress test. But I talked the doctors into letting me go home. And so, because I didn't want to stay, I wanted to be here for the meeting. And then, and then we would go away for a couple of days with Brother Kelly and enjoy some company together. And, and there's all kind of things that was going on. But somewhere between December the 6th and December around the 29th, I went to Dr. Luna. And Dr. Luna looked at all the tests and rerun some tests. And he said, It's over. He said, There's no damage from what took place. Things could have been different. Things could have been different. A fire took place, and things could have been different. They could have harvested my organs. For this church, things could have been a lot different. I'd like to take a moment here. When we think about when Brother Timothy Pruitt came and he talked about this audience and he was in the barn and told his daddy to come. And his daddy came and preached, preached two services on God will have a testimony and God's hall of fame. Listen, let me just say this to you. God watched over us and prepared us. Our squanto. God watched over our lives. You see, he's ahead of us. God don't know time, but he's ahead of us, making a way for us. Seeing that I would need to be here tonight, I needed to survive that. Brother Biscoe would be anointed on my worst day in the coma to where doctors gave me up, anointed to tell that I would be the speaker next year in the camp. The speaker in the camp, so I would survive and be the speaker. that we give thanks Corey Tim Boone says I'd like to give you five quotations many but these five spoke to me are you okay I know this is different tonight but I think it's very I think it's been beneficial to me this week and I, I feel it's beneficial to you you can never learn that Christ is all you need Until Christ is all you have. Do you know what hurts so so very much? It's love. Love is the strongest force in the world. And when it is blocked, that means pain. There are two things that we can do when this happens. We can kill that love so that it stops hurting. But then of course, part of us dies too. Or we can ask God to open up another route for love to travel through. She says, "Today, I know that so memories, such memories are the key, not to the past, but to the future. I know that experiences of our lives, when we let God use them, become mysterious and perfect preparation for the work that he will give us to do. Maybe our teachers would enjoy these quotations to be kept. Our wise father in heaven knows when we're going to need things too. I found this one incredible. Our wise Father knows, in heaven knows when we're going to need things too. But don't get ahead of Him. Love is larger than walls which shut it in. Even as angry, vengeful thoughts boil through me, and I thought of a woman in a concentration camp, she could say some powerful words with this. Even as angry, vengeful thoughts boil through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me. Help me to forgive him, Jesus. I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. And so I discovered that it's not on our forgiveness anymore than on on our forgiveness that the world's healing hinges but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives along with the command the very love itself. This is a good one. If the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. Don't bother to give God instructions. Just report for duty. Put this one on your refrigerator for tomorrow. Don't bother to give God instructions. Just report for duty. Give you this last one. There's several more, but I'll give you this last one. Hold everything in your hands lightly. Otherwise, it hurts when God pries your fingers open. That one, that one I gave great thought to this week. When Jesus was standing at Lazarus's tomb, he says something that All of us know that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. But I want to read to you the prayer that he prays. And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, notice these words, and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I thank you that you heard my prayer. I think that would do us really good due diligence tonight. I thank you that you heard my prayer. Brother Branham says, as he came by riding, a lot of people said, he's a healer. Oh, we've seen him open up the eyes of the blind. We see him make the cripple walk. We see him offer prayer and fever and left the child. But then those type were only following him for the loaves and the fishes. And that's the way the crowds are today. Many, if, if there's a healer, they'll follow him. He, he's, he's just an oasis. If they get sick, they run and say, oh, oh, will you please pray for me? And the Lord Jesus will make thee me well. And as soon as they came out of the hospital or the spit bed, right back to the world they go. I'd like to bring that that quote to life to you. When Brother Homer was here, there were a lot of people, and Brother Homer was a general. But there was a lot of people when they got in trouble would run to Brother Homer. They didn't serve the Lord. They'd come a few services and then gone. When they got in trouble, they'd come a few services and gone. Hey, I've been a pastor a while now. And if they'd get in debt or they were weighing money and, and needed money, they'd come to Brother Homer. And Brother Homer, how the goodness of his heart, would give them money. And they, they would serve the Lord, you know, for a little while. And then they were gone. And after Brother Homer left the scene, they came to me. And I said, "Ha." uh That won't give you salvation. And I've saw your tricks for years. I won't be here for you. Jesus will always be here. Brother Homer will get rewarded for all the great deeds that he did. But those people were only using the gift and the man, and not seeking for the eternal value. Don't let that be your case. Don't let that be your case. That might be a little bit strong, but you might as well hear it. You might as well hear it. You might as well know it. I can't save you. I can't pay all your debts. But Jesus can fix your problems if you can get to Jesus. Not to the preacher. I've heard, oh, if Brother Homer was here. Jesus is here. One day there'll be a statement made. Oh, Brother Ron was here, but Jesus will still be here. And after the rapture, there's going to be people screaming, "Oh, if they were only here!" Come on, you can just preach with me now. Relax and preach with me. When the bride leaves, you're going to want us to be here. And in that day, you're going to say, I wish I'd have served God with everything that was within me. And I'd have got rid of those things that kept me. I'd have really served the Lord. You're talking about real repentance. Why aren't they open the doors? Why aren't they here? Well, what they have been preaching about changed our body. And oh, what a Thanksgiving that's going to be. Oh, what a thanksgiving. Oh, I have a, I have a quote to share with you. We have a flag over here. I've actually, in in the tenure of being here, I've actually had people ask me why you still still have a flag in the church. Actually, one of the funeral directors told me here not long ago, he said, I see you still have a flag in the church. I said, absolutely. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Some of my family has given their life for that right there. You'll never find me burning a flag. You'll never find me stepping on it. I'm proud of it. Are you with me? Brother Brown said we're identified with him at Acts 2. We're identified with them with the same baptism, the same thing. All he was, then he is. All he is. All he was is all he is. That's exactly it. Just like if, just like if I want to be a true American, I've got to be identified. Everything she was, everything she is, I've got to be identified with it if I'm a true American. And if I'm a true American, then I landed at Plymouth Rock. I did it. If I'm an American, so did you. You landed at Plymouth Rock and the Plymouth, with the Plymouth Fathers. And on Plymouth Rock, they landed out there, and I was with them, and so was you, everybody. I rode with Paul Revere right down the road to Warner of Danger. That's exactly right. Right down there in Valley Forge. I crossed the icy Delaware with, with a bunch of soldiers, and half of them didn't have shoes on. I prayed all night with George Washington. Beforehand, I crossed the Delaware with a vision in my heart. We are American, yes, sir. At Valley Forge, I certainly did. I returned thanks with the original Thanksgiving Fathers. I returned thanks to God if I'm a real American. I'm identified there at that table. If I'm a real American, I was identified when I stood with Stonewall Jackson. And if I'm a real American, I'm identified at the Boston P- Tea Party. Yes, sir. When we refused to, to have things pulled over our eyes, well, I'm as real America, I was identified with that. Yes, sir. I rang the Liberty Bell on the 1st of July 4th, In 1776. I rang the Liberty Bell there Bell and declared that we are independent. To be a real American, I had to. I was identified with her shame in the revolutionary when brother fought against the brother. I, I I got to bear her shame the same as I bear her glory. If I'm an American, I have to be identified with. I'm identified as, at, at Gettysburg down there. When Abraham Lincoln made that speech, yes sir, I was on Wake Island over with the bloody soldiers body, I I rose on Wake Island, on Guam I helped hoist the flag, I'm a real American, all she is I'm proud of it are you with me? Brother Ron, I hate America, leave True Christian you have to be identified with it. I preached with Moses or with Noah and warned the people of the oncoming judgment. To be a real Christian, I was with Moses at the burning bush. I saw the pillar of fire, I saw his glory. I was with Moses up there in the wilderness. To be a Christian, I have to be identified with everything that God was to be a Christian. I seen his glory, I heard his voice. Don't try to explain away from me now, because I was there. I know what I'm uh, talking about. I've seen what happened. Yes, sir. I was at the Red Sea when I seen the Spirit of God move down and part the water from one side. Don't get scared. Not through the bunch of reeds, and, and they're trying to say today, but through the 90-foot sea. I seen the Spirit of God. I walked with Moses through dry land across that Red Sea. I stood on Mount Sinai and seen the thunder and lightning falling. I ate manna with them out there. I drank from that rock. I'm still doing it tonight. I was identified with manna eaters. I'm identified with them that drank from the rock. I'm also identified with Joshua that blew a trumpet and the walls of Jericho that fell down. I was in the lines then with Daniel. I was in a fiery furnace with the Hebrew children. I was on the mount of Elijah on Mount Carmel. I was with John the Baptist before them critics. I seen the spirit of God descending. I heard the voice of God say, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. I'm identified with him. I was identified with the grave at Lazarus when he raised up Lazarus. I was identified with the woman at the well when he stood there and told her her sins. I was surely identified with him in his death and I was identified with him at Easter. I was raised with him. I'm identified with him in his death. I was 120 in the upper room and I was identified with him up there. He said, oh my, I feel religious. I'm identified there, I'm a one of them. I was identified, I got an experience like they had. I was there when it happened. To be a real Christian, I witnessed the mighty rushing wind coming. I witnessed that. I felt the power of God that as it shook. I was with them that spoke in tongues. I felt the anointing come in there. I was with them, identified with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues with them. I was with Peter and all of the critics in Acts chapter two when he preached that great sermon that he did. I was identified with him, yes sir. I was identified with him in Acts 4 when they assembled together. I was with them when the building shook and after a prayer meeting, the building shook where they were sitting. I was there with them. I preached on Mars Hill with Paul. I was with John in the Isle of Patmos seeing his second coming. I was with Luther in the Reformation. I was with Wesley the fire brown snatched from the fires when the great revolt against the Anglican church. I was there. And and here I am tonight in 1964, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, identified with the same group, with the same kind of experience. I must be. To be a Christian... I must stay identified where the Word of God is being manifested. I'm identified with the group that fills the Spirit of God. I'm not reading this just for, just to make a poetry here. Because I'm identified because that same kind of fire, that same kind of manifestation is happening with us now. I'd like to say, I'm proud to be identified with it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. i like to say this as I close this evening. If God gives us a strength to be here 10 more years, 15 more years, 20 more years, may this Holy Ghost, may this passion for the message of the hour never leave us. Regardless of what the world does around us, May this word of God be our anchor and our absolute. I do not want a pattern with the world. I stand for Jesus and let the world go by. Oh, what a thanksgiving. We could think about the things that we could become, look, about, look around and I held my little buddy in my arms today at the dinner. And while I was walking around in the community center, I was just giving God thanks Amen. for opening a womb. Keeping Davy through an accident. Amen. Things could have been different. Sister Tammy, we could have been what are we gonna do to take care of this house? What are we gonna what are we gonna do with the paralyzed boy? What are we gonna do? Hey, listen, you just do the best you can. But God being rich in mercy, restore him back to where he could work again. Go back on the same job, maybe doing different duties, but going back on the same job, doing difficult things. Works. Sister Whitney works. We get the opportunity to watch Isaac. I said this to Connie this week, and I'll say it to you open as an audience. Enjoy the moments that you have with your children, your grandchildren, with one another. The only reason you should be screaming at one another is if there's a fire in your house. Old lady, old man, or hateful words should never come out of a Christian's mouth. I know these are elementary thoughts tonight. You see, you're a mentor to your children. And I want to say this. I won't speak to you for a couple of weeks now, but I want to leave you with this. I found something interesting the other day. Brother Rand picked up a pack of cigarettes, and in a pack of cigarettes, he got a text, Thinking Man's Filter. you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it i run across an interesting story the other day. How many remembers that Marlboro man? The Marlboro man, he was the Marlboro man is for 12 years. He was John Wayne's best friend. He was a rancher. He was a real man. They came to him and asked him if he would do it, He obliged them. He had a ranch. He had children. Children as 12 years would go on. Now he never smoked a cigarette. He never smoked a cigarette in his life. But he was their advertisement. He was the face of their franchise. And he got the job because he was best friends with John Wayne and John Wayne told the the people that he would make them. But one day his children, when he was telling them, you never smoke or you never drink, it'll destroy your life. One day his children ask him a question, then why do you advertise for them then? That's right. That day, he called them and told them, said, I quit. I quit. I can't be a mentor to my children. I quit. Well, Brother Ron, what's that got to do at the end of a service, a message church service? I'd like for you to look in the mirror. Whether it's your dress or your attitude, your conduct or habits in your life and maybe you're a walking billboard for the wrong thing. Unintentionally. You're the walking billboard for the wrong thing. When you come to the realization this ain't gonna be this way in heaven so I better quit it here. If it ain't going to be eternal, i got to quit it here. Whether it's hate or prejudice, maybe it's just a priority of time of you serving God. Serving God is more than about it's the right recipe, the thing to do. It's about him living on the inside of you, and he's the king of your heart. He's the king of your heart. Maybe it's your dress. And you say, Well, Brother Ron, those things are difficult for me to give up. For Brother Kelly's mother, it was her earrings difficult. Brother Kelly will come and preach to you next week and he's going to wear a pin most likely. He's been here the last couple of years and it's a pin that will be right there. And that's made out of an earring. His mother's earring. And she held her ears the last time that I was there just before God did a work in her life and she said this is one thing I'll never give up and I just looked at her and I said I want to ask you something would earrings be so big would that be the one excuse that you would have to miss eternal life maybe it's not earrings for you tonight, but it's that little thing Oh, what a thanksgiving it would be if you could. But that one thing. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you were raised in a home with parents that were dealing with difficulties and they just, that one thing, if they could ever get across that hurdle, you, you would think that they would be much better off. How many of you were raised in that kind of an atmosphere? Just that one thing. Then what about you? Isn't that amazing how quick that thing comes home to you? Amen. By pointing the finger that way, there's four pointing back this way. Can I leave you with two more points tonight? Sorry to be, I'm sorry to be a little bit long, but I, Sometimes we complain about what we don't have. But to complain is to fault God. for his great provision. Point two, God created you special. God created you special. You getting that? He created you special. So the complexes about low self-esteem that away because he created you special who you are and you are special I'd like for you to turn to your neighbor and tell them you're special special, Brother John. You're special. You guys are special. You're special. You're special, brother. (laughs) Thank you. You're special. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a day.
0: Just enjoy this moment just for a moment. hearts tonight.
1: 来 to see
0: No more burdens to bear. No more separation, no more goodbyes. No more odd, petty feelings. No more insignificant things. I get weary of insignificant things. The fluff of life. I get weary with it, Brother Stephen. Sometimes I just get kind of overwhelmed, weary with it. You just take all of the temporary things out of our lives that weary is. Just get your eyes on Jesus. What does the rest of it even matter? I'd like to tell you tonight as we go into this Thanksgiving week. You know, last, Brother Branham's last Thanksgiving meeting He preached invisible union of the bride. The world didn't want to hear that. But the bride of Jesus Christ found out she was engaged to him. Stood there and spoke works as faith expressed. Then he would come and God's only provided place of worship Saturday morning. The sermon that we all know from that that series on the wings of a snow white dove God sends his pure rich love. That was his last Thanksgiving meetings here on the earth. You know what the next service he would preach? The rapture. something, Something just kept In my heart, go back and go through those sermons again. Are we coming to a point to where that's kind of how it is? Could it be our last Thanksgiving? I'd like to to spend it. Help me, oh God. I want to be ready. It's such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. I want to be ready. God bless you. I'd like for you to just pause a moment. Pause a moment and just just thank him now. Thank you. Just thank him now. Thank him for what a wonderful message. Thank him that he revealed to you and opened your eyes. Almighty God. with our human lips and ability of language, we can never thank you enough. Lord, for open our eyes to this word. Father, there's not enough time to give you in this earthly realm to give you thanks enough for what you showed us. Amen. Open the book to allow our eyes to see and to believe and even recognize we're part of your redemption plan. Lord, thank you for the healing and the miracles and salvation of our life and life's mate, father, children, grandchildren. Thank you for an audience that you've blessed us to preach to that loves and cares and friendships that, that have claim. Lord, bless this group, the bright around the world, many member body around the world that you've given us to be brothers and sisters to. May you help us Father even in this thanksgiving season Lord Jesus minister to our hearts even now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen amen and amen amen. Greet your neighbor one more time before we leave this evening
1: amen. day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. I look upon his face, the one who saves.
0: Audience, I'd like to tell you personally from my heart, I love you. I love you with all my heart. A little sister came up to me about six months ago and she said, Brother Ron, when you first told me, one time she was from away from here, she said, when you first shook my hand, she said, you said, I love you. She said, that kind of took me just a little bit by I, I don't have other men tell me they love me. And she said, you know, I went home and I was a little bit staggered by that. And she said, you know, we talked about it as a family. You know the way Brother Ron delivers that I love you? It's like heaven's saying it. When she shook my hand and told me that, I love to hear you say I love you. I pray you can feel that. More than some filial love, but a love of God. It's saying, I love you with all my heart. Amen. I want to spend eternity with you, Francis. I want to spend eternity with you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Isn't he good to us? I want to sing a chorus of On the Wings of a Snow White Dove. And could we be dismissed with that this evening?
1: On the wings of a snow white dove God sends his pure sweet love
0: a sign
1: from